What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. The fantasy football season never comes to an end at Roster Watch. My name is Alex Dunlap, and if you want more of the Roster Watch podcast, you can get it by signing up for a pro membership at rosterwatch.com. With a pro membership, you get access not only to all of our award-winning and awesome tools that are going to help you win in fantasy football, any kind of fantasy football that you play, but also to the Roster Watch Pro Library of Podcasts, where during the off-season we'll be bringing you content for your dynasty leagues, for your MFL team for your best ball leagues from various locations such as the Senior Bowl, the NFL Combine, the RosterWatch.com Pro Day Tour, the RosterWatch.com Rookie Mini Camp Tour, and of course the Epic Training Camp Tour. You can't get this information unfiltered, uncensored, and unfettered from anywhere else but right here at RosterWatch.com. Go to RosterWatch.com right now and get a pro membership. My name is Alex Dunlap and I support this message. Roster Watch Nation, a good Monday afternoon to you. It's the Trash Man, and this is the Fantasy Fallout for Week 13 going into the playoffs. Let's get into it. First game, Saints at Cowboys. Didn't see this coming. Drew Brees and company couldn't get anything going against the Cowboys' stalwart defense on Thursday night as they lost 10-13 in Jerry World to the surprise of virtually everyone watching the game. No Saint topped 40 yards, and the lone touchdown of the night went to Keith Kirkwood on his single reception of the game. There's not really much to take away as far as the Saints go. We just saw the Cowboys' defense go from a top-10 defense to an elite one. At least that's what it looks like. New Orleans faces the Buccaneers this week, so you can go back to starting your studs as usual. On the other side of the ball, Michael Gallup, five receptions, 76 yards, seems to be coming up in the Dallas offense as teams have started to focus on stopping Amari Cooper. He's still not worth starting in all but the deepest formats, but it looks like he may turn into a decent keeper for next season. On to the next game, Bears at Giants. Bears lost this one, 27-30. A perfect storm developed for Tariq Cohen, who had 20 touches, 186 yards, and a touchdown on Sunday. He benefited from being a safety blanket for a backup quarterback in Chase Daniels and the key factor in the attempt to make a comeback in the fourth quarter. And it almost worked. A similar situation is not unlikely this week against the Rams. Taylor Gabriel had a forgettable day for the most part, but he did have seven targets for third best on the team behind Cohen, who had 14, and Allen Robinson with nine. He had seven receptions in each of his previous games, Gabriel, that is. He could be a boom for PPR formats this week against the Rams. Tight end Adam Shaheen scored in his first game back from injured reserve while Trey Burton had a goose egg. Correlation does not necessarily mean causation, though, but Burton's arrow has already been pointing down. 
over the last few weeks. The fact that the Bears are playing the Rams this week is the only reason I would keep him around. On the other side of the ball, I wouldn't read too much in a Russell Shepard's 59-yard, one-touchdown game. He only had two receptions on the day, and it was his highest total since the three he had in Week 5. Tight end Red Ellison is soaking up targets. He had seven, but Evan Ingram has a good shot to play this week. If Ingram does sit, Ellison would be worth a look in Week 14 against the Redskins. On to the next game, Bills at Dolphins. Dolphins squeaked away with this one. Bills lost this one 17-21. What Josh Allen is lacking with his arm, he's making up for with his feet. He's run for almost 235 yards over his last few games. I'm not streaming him against the Jets. Uh, um, oh, excuse me. I'm not against streaming, against streaming him against the Jets. As a strong running quarterback creates a solid floor. You know, an example uh, is Lamar Jackson, who doesn't need to throw the ball a lot to get, re- to get reasonably good uh, fantasy stats on the day. It's like Josh Allen is following suit. Zay Jones, my favorite golden son from the Senior Bowl two years ago, is showing flashes of the player that we saw back then. In two of his last three games, he's averaged six catches and 80 yards with three touchdowns over that time. Unfortunately, he failed to to record a catch in that other game. He's highly volatile, making him purely a keeper dynasty hold until he and Allen can link up on a consistent basis. On the other side of the ball, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. As in the case of Kenny Stills, who had four catches for 37 yards and a touchdown after complaining about his lack of use in Week 12. 37 yards does seem paltry, but considering the team high for yardage was 43, and that was with Devontae Parker, uh, that was pretty decent. Parker also recorded a touchdown in the day. Should Danny Amendola sit in Week 14, both players will be flex-worthy options against New England. On to the next game, the Broncos at the Bengals. Broncos won this one 24-10. Initially thought by some to be too light to finish a season healthy, Philip Lindsay is silencing his critics, having played all 13 games this far and getting stronger, it seems, throughout the season. He had 159 yards and two touchdowns in this one. It's actually the bigger back, Royce Freeman, who's missed games to injury and has failed to carve out a leading role despite getting double-digit carries on multiple occasions. Cortland Sutton, four receptions, 85 yards, one touchdown paid off on Sunday for you if you used them, which you probably didn't after he only got one catch for 14 yards last week. I'd say roll with him week 14, but he's likely to face Richard Sherman And when we're in the playoffs, you can't have that kind of uncertainty in a player. Considering Case Keenum only threw the ball 21 times and connecting on just 12 of those, his lowest completion rate this season, it's not surprising that Emmanuel Sanders had his worst game of the year, four receptions for 19 yards. He will bounce back this week as he doesn't have to face Sherman as he lines up in the slot. On the other side of the ball, A.J. Green re-injured his foot on Sunday, likely ending his season, which is probably lost anyways. The Bengals are likely out of the playoff race at this point. It's conceivable 
that they'll take a long look at Cody Core now. He scored Cincinnati's only touchdown on Sunday. Second-year player Josh Malone could see some run, too, if he can come back from a hamstring injury this week. Gio Bernard, 11 touches, 46 yards, is worth picking up in PPR formats again. He co-led the team with eight targets on Sunday with Tyler Boyd. On to the next game, Browns at Texans. Browns lost this one 13-29. Baker Mayfield finally hit a rough patch after a five-week run of lame defenses. He did have 397 yards, but most of that was in garbage time, and he had a touchdown and three interceptions. He'll get the fading Panther this week, so he may bounce back. Antonio Callaway, three receptions, 84 yards, is sneakily working his way into fantasy relevance over the latter half of his rookie season, going over 50 yards in three of his last four games. He's back to being flex-worthy. Rashard Higgins has two touchdowns in his last game, last three games, but he's also had two games with just one catch over that stretch. He's too risky for the playoffs. On the other side of the ball, wide receiver DeAndre Carter had six receptions, 32 yards. He was second in targets behind DeAndre Hopkins, who had 12. Um, Carter had, had six. Um, and that was ahead of Demarius Thomas, who only had five targets. Uh, if Kiku QT can't go this week, Carter could be worth a look in return yardage leagues as he returns a lot of the Texans' kicks. On to the next game, Cardinals at Packers. Cardinals won this one in Lambeau. And it's no surprise that Coach Mike McCarthy was sacked after this showing. It's hard to reconcile the Cardinals winning this game, considering Josh Rosen threw no touchdowns, and David Johnson didn't have any either. Chase Edmonds epitomized the touchdown vulture taking two from Johnson inside the 10. Still, with only five carries in each of his last three games, Edmonds can't be relied on in fantasy. Christian Kirk has been the Cardinals' best receiver the last three games, but he's out for the season with what looks like a broken foot. This makes Larry Fitzgerald... The only Arizona pass catcher I'm interested in moving forward through the playoffs. On the other side of the ball, like I said before, Mike McCarthy was sacked on Sunday. Perhaps this will unfetter the once aggressive Packers offense in a last-ditch effort to make a playoff run. McCarthy has been giving Jamal Williams way too much action when it's apparent that Aaron Jones is their best back. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, two receptions, 19 yards, had another dud this week, making it three in a row. It wasn't for lack of targets, though, as he had seven on the day. He and Aaron Rodgers just haven't been on the same page. Maybe Rodgers getting a 200-plus pound monkey off his back will Sharpen things up, though. The Packers get Atlanta this week. On to the next game, Colts at Jaguars. Colts lost this one barely, 0-6. Or or should I say the Jaguars barely won this. Either way, 
The Jaguar defense played its best game of the season, limiting Andrew Luck to 248 yards and no touchdowns after giving up 285 yards and three touchdowns to him just three weeks ago. Luck had thrown at least three touchdowns in his previous eight games. He gets Houston this week, who is playing much better these days, but also gave up 464 yards and four touchdowns to Luck in week four. Naheem Hines had his second best receiving total of the season, 13 touches, 82 yards, as the Colts were ineffective on the ground. You know what his best receiving day was on the season? Yep, week four against the Texans, who the Colts play this week. On the other side of the ball, I guess this is the Jaguars' offense these days. Cody Kessler has thrown for 156 yards and 150 yards in his two starts this season. Carlos Hyde had 13 carries this week, but Leonard Fournette will return after his suspension, his one-game suspension for throwing punches last week. TJ Yeldon, 15 touches, 65 yards. I think you can hold on to him, as I believe he'll be an asset in the short passing game. And I think that's the only passing game the Jaguars are going to have moving forward. On to the next game, Panthers at Buccaneers. Panthers keep sliding. They lost this one 17-24. Curtis Samuel led the Panthers with eight receptions, 88 yards on 11 targets on Sunday after Greg Olson left for what I presume is the season, maybe the rest of his career, after injuring his foot again. Devin Funches was also limited on snaps. Samuel and DJ Moore, who had four receptions for 44 yards, could trade big games from here on out, but I think both will be viable plays with Olsen being out. On the other side of the ball, Cameron Brait, three receptions for 36 yards. He hasn't seen the uptick in targets one might expect after losing O.J. Howard for the season. Adam Humphreys, seven receptions, 61 yards, and a touchdown, has been the red zone go-to, scoring five touchdowns over the last five weeks. Chris Godwin, five receptions, 101 yards, and one touchdown, teed off with no Deshaun Jackson on the field. And Jackson isn't a lock to play this week, so keep rolling with Godwin against the Saints. I'd roll with him even if Jackson returns, just because this is going to be a good matchup. On to the next game. Rams at Lions. Rams won this one 30-16. They went to the ground on Sunday as Jared Goff was having his second worst day of the season. Needless to say, none of his pass catchers, say Robert Woods, who have five receptions for 67 yards and a touchdown, had impressive days. The Rams have now clinched the division, so it's uncertain what the offense will look like moving forward in the regular season. There are four games left, though, so they'll still give their starters run. But should blowouts occur in either direction, we could see some major subs. Running back Malcolm Brown needs to be owned in preparation for this. On the other side of the ball, Lamine Toilolo had the best game of his six-year career on Sunday, leading the lines with 90 yards on four receptions. I don't expect him to approach these numbers again, but with Marvin Jones gone and Kenny Galladay facing Patrick Peterson this week, I don't know, maybe he's worth streaming. Bruce Ellington, 
Seven receptions, 35 yards, led the Lions in targets with 10 on Sunday, but couldn't do much with him. He'll be reflexing in PPR formats this week as he plays out of the slot, so Patrick Peterson shouldn't be too much of a concern for him. On to the next game. Ravens at Falcons. Ravens won this one 26-16. The Ravens are a running team now, and they may be for the rest of the season as they keep winning And Coach Harbaugh has said that Lamar Jackson has done enough to keep the starting job in Baltimore. As far as I'm concerned, if Joe Flacco does not return as a starter, you can cut any Ravens pass catcher, save for maybe Ty Montgomery. He will serve as a pass catching option out of the back hole. He had eight eight touches and 55 yards this past week. On the other side of the ball, the Falcons were useless on offense against the Ravens. Aside from Austin Hooper, who managed 44 yards and a touchdown, Julio Jones was seen getting his hand wrapped early in the game, but he didn't miss any time. The Falcons will look to bounce back against a reeling Packers unit this week. On to the next game. There's a lot of them this week. Chiefs at Raiders, 40-33. to 33. Chiefs won. Spencer Ware, 15 touches, 52 yards and a touchdown. He wasn't spectacular in his first game as a starter. Only 3.4 yards per carry. And maybe that's why the team added Sharkandrick West for good measure today. Damian Williams wasn't half bad on Sunday. He had a 7.6 yard per carry average for 38 yards on five carries. It looks like we're going to have to temper expectations for where moving forward. Demetrius Harris and Chris Conley each managed to snag touchdowns, but it was pretty much Travis Kelsey and no one else in the passing game Sunday. Tyreek Hill had two would-be touchdowns that he either dropped or was underthrown on. He'll have a tough week up ahead against the Ravens. On the other side of the ball, multiple Raiders were fantasy productive on Sunday, which says more about the Chiefs' defense, in my opinion, than it does about the Raiders' offense. Fortunately for the Raiders, they get the Steelers' garbage secondary this week. You can start Jalen Richard, Jared Cook, and Jordy Nelson at will. On to the next game, Jets at Titans. Titans came back and won this one, 26-22. Isaiah Crowell set a season high for touches. He had 25 against the Titans on Sunday for 107 all-purpose yards. The Jets couldn't get anything else going offensively on a day where Josh McCown threw for 128 yards and a pick. We can expect more of the same this week against the Bills' swarming secondary. On the other side of the ball, Taewon Taylor came back from a three-week absence and promptly posted 104 yards on the stat sheet. Yes, it was only on three receptions, but Taylor looked electric. He could get loose over the middle again this week against a Jaguar team that is susceptible there. This Anthony Fersker, or Ferkser, excuse me, character is stealing some of Deion Lewis's thunder out of the backfield. I almost feel like I'm, I'm saying a dirty word when I say his name. He's averaging over 45 yards through the air the last three games and managed to score this week. I do think the Titans will have to use both of them to move the ball effectively against Jacksonville this week. On to the next game. 49ers at Seahawks. 49ers lost this one 16-43. Jeff Wilson Jr. Sounds like a NASCAR racer. Looks like the pickup of the week at running back. Matt Breida aggravated his ankle during pregame warm-ups, leaving Wilson to lead the backfield. 
and he did a bang-up job. 23 touches, 134 yards. Alfred Morris should be activated this week. He was inactive on Sunday if Breida has to sit. But Wilson would be my, my preferred play over Morris. Dante Pettis needs to be added in most formats. He had five receptions, 129 yards, and two touchdowns. Marquise Goodwin and Pierre Garçon are gone for the foreseeable future, and Pettis looks like the number one in San Fran. On the other side of the ball, true to Seattle's offensive coordinator's word, Rashad Penny was much more involved in this game. He only had seven carries, but Chris Carson only had 13. The Seahawks run the ball enough to keep them both viable in fantasy. Or they usually run the ball enough. David Moore dropped off the planet. Zero targets after going ballistic in week 12 with 103 yards and a touchdown. Jerron Brown was the flavor of the day with 67 yards and two touchdowns. Russell Wilson only threw the ball 17 times, so that plays a part. But Moore is too unreliable to use in the playoffs in most leagues. On to the next game. Vikings at Patriots. Vikings lost this one 10-24. The Pats' intention on stopping Adam Thielen, and they almost succeeded. He had five receptions for just 28 yards, but he did manage a touchdown. He'll be back to form this week against the Seahawks. Aldrick Robinson had nine targets on the day, but only 37 yards on five receptions. It was likely an attempt to get the ball into someone other than Adam Thielen's hands. So I wouldn't bank on that kind of target share this week. On the other side of the ball, nine touches and 41 yards for Rex Burkhead in his first game back from injured reserve. It wasn't mind-blowing, but it's good to know he'll be a part of the game plan moving forward. He should be added if he's still on your waiver wire. And the last game on Sunday, Chargers at Steelers. Chargers won this one 33-30. If there's someone who's going to give Jeff Wilson Jr. a run for his money this week as the pickup of the week, it's Justin Jackson. Though I told you to pick him up last week. He had nine fewer touches than Austin Eckler, but he made the most of it with 82 yards and a touchdown. Jackson is the preferred play over Eckler if Melvin Gordon sits again this week. And last but not least, James Conner injured his leg on Sunday night. His lower leg to be exact, but it's being considered a minor injury. It would still be wise for his owners to add Jalen Samuels in the meantime. And that's it, folks. It's the fantasy fallout for week 13 going into week 14. This is the trash man. Good luck to you this week. I'll see you soon. (laughs) 